what's up everything the blues are up up and away to the playoffs and they are in their best form of the season heck this offense is in its best form maybe ever like literally ever at any point in history there's a lot of positive things to talk about so you know what that means this will be a very short podcast but without further ado let's get started and let's go blues podcast it is monday april 18th happy belated easter to you all happy belated my birthday to you all uh we are two holidays two national holidays two celebrated religious uh festivals that have been honored for many centuries we are coming back to you Uh, we're not going to do mondays forever but we're doing mondays today because it had been a week and you know it's been really fun to watch hockey lately you know? It's due to the two holidays. Yeah, that's true. That's it's a Christmas, it's an Easter miracle. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, the only Ian, miracle on Easter. Ian, we probably discussed this in the past, but what's your opinion on peeps? Oh, I don't like them. Terrible. I mean, I'm I'm cool with my peeps, you know. You know, yeah, I can still call great, my peeps. Peeps, <laughs> peeps not the marshmallowy so peeps. No, no I, it's just it's. I don't know. I guess all marshmallows like artificial, but like that's just it's just extra bad. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who thought like I don't know who thought like soft uh, sugar needed to be covered in like hard sugar, but Mr. Wrong. Peep. Yeah, Mr. Peep did. <laughs> wrong. Random. I like um, seeing them in that they are a sign of Easter and spring or whatever, and that's about it. I had a I had a totally random question I wanted to discuss with you on this podcast, and I'm trying to think. I'll save it till the end. I'll save it till the end. We'll talk about the blues. We're gonna, folks. We're gonna run through this podcast in like no time at all. There's nothing bad to say. So Much like the St. Louis Blues ran through these teams. That's just right. running that's a train. Right. If, people, if people don't know that this is our mo by now, they're never gonna. So that's that's okay. So when we get through it, we'll talk about random stuff and. It'll be great. <laughs> Would have been two angry men, one cup podcast. That's right. Um, the blues. Uh, this is. I, don't, I mean, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but I don't remember a time where they have been this um, potent on yeah. offense. I'm not saying that they're the very best I've ever seen them necessarily, because there have been times certainly where they've been better defensively and controlled the puck better and all that sort of stuff but um yeah i mean you don't need to screw you don't really need to control the puck a lot if you're scoring pretty much every time you touch it you know yeah, right. so it's, it's kind of a catch-22 so let's go ahead and dive into these games first uh also by the way i wanted to mention last time i know we did have um some sound quality issues because of the crappy um the crappy hotel internet this time i am now in the new apartment so i have very nice at&t internet wonderful at&t shout internet. out at&t yeah my peeps from only here in jacksonville you can get that you can't get that and say what is what does the second t stand for uh tuscaloosa um but the on the other hand there may be an echo since this apartment's still pretty empty and there's a lot of you know marble and rich mahogany and that sort of thing. <laughs> um, does it sound super echoey to you ian maybe just a little echoey but you know that that speaks to like you've got a large apartment that's right um you know many square feet that's right so many square feet and humongo all... walls those walls look humongous they look just as big as maybe the ones behind me because of like depth and everything but you know mm-hmm. still much bigger are, are much larger exactly. yeah they make it that's what they say everything's bigger in florida right that's what they you say you can't even you see that little that 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 thing right there that's yeah, like what's that? miles away from me what is that 
It's a little uh, whiteboard slash um, white key ring. Okay. I thought it was a cool little command hook invention. Command strips can make me pay $20 for just about anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good business. No damage yeah. to the walls. No damage. They command my life. That's right. I've got one in the shower. I've got two in the shower. One's just like a like a shower caddy thing. Mm. And one's for a little squeegee that hangs on the wall. And they... <laughs> provided the squeegee <laughs> that was, uh, was they provide the squeegee or no deal <laughs> they brought it they provided it so um the blues squeegeed the boston bruins right off the ice mm. in, um <laughs> massachusetts <laughs> capital mm. city massachusetts right Boston's yeah it's gotta be right and there's no other city that's so not it's, be. you get half the states are the city you think for sure and the other half the states are a made-up city that no mm-hmm. one's heard of yep, as far as capitals go it's the real one this is for real um i think the only other option which would be salem and that's basically boston anyway yeah right Billy huso was in that for this one, as he has been for many games recently, and Jordan, uh, Jordan Kyra, Tory Krug was back to play his old team for the first time in Boston. I believe so, yes. Um, this was Tuesday, April 12th. I don't remember why I wasn't watching this very closely, but I was not moving in, buying furniture, that sort of thing. Um, do you want to talk us through these goals, Ian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a this is a fun game. This uh, this is as fun as I thought it was going to get until all the other games that happened after this. Um, David Perron opens the scoring 34 seconds into the first period. O'Reilly and Perron in on a two on one. O'Reilly gets the puck to Perron. Perron waits. He gets Swayman to go down. Uh, and this goal is reminiscent of the Petrangelo goal to make it. Two nothing right before the first period ends in game seven because he waits, he waits, he waits, he goes in real close and he goes forehand, backhand over the over the top of Swayman there. And it's 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 an opening goal. It's it's one oh in Boston. You're feeling good. You always want a woman in Boston. I was kind of surprised I didn't start Bennington. I'm not that surprised, but I was a little surprised. We play Boston tomorrow. Will they start Bennington? I sure hope so. I just, we've made the playoffs, right? Just start them. Just also, Bennington's the better goalie right now. He's he's looked very good. I did see a so tweet today. I think that's worth discussing. We got to we got to dive into this just because you know got to lengthen this the sucker oh, out. I yeah. saw a tweet today Drag that said uh, said that if um, no matter what happens, essentially they're like no matter what happens, um, Bennington is the backup right now, and Huso will start in the playoffs. And I was like, no matter what happens, I mean, I get what you're kind of saying. They're both on the trajectory of playing very well. Huso's been playing well for longer this this season, but I was like, no matter what happens, uh, there could definitely be a goalie collapse. We've seen it before, so I'm just saying, just saying, keep your keep your eyes peeled. I just don't, I don't understand that. I, Bennington, I don't know. I don't want to like dive into the negatives, but it's like he his numbers, if you control for the three games that were like god awful, have not been that bad. He's looked considerably better over the last 10 games or so. Um, mm-hmm. He has a, you know, I mean, he, he had that one awful game in Edmonton, which wasn't really all on him, I don't think. But in his last three, he's got a 968, a 946, and a 917. I don't know. It just seems it seems to me like he uh, he's getting the short end of the stick a little bit on some of the fans' opinions. But, you know, Huso has been all right for most of the season. I don't think he's been as good lately, but still probably more dependable and a little less fear of the total collapse that Bennington's had a couple of times, but like he led in five against Minnesota, which we'll talk about later. And, you know, has had some other not so great games. So anyway, um, oh, yeah. anyway, the, that's not the, really the point. whole team almost pooped the bet away in that one. We'll get there. Um, Perron scored 34 seconds in this one. And then 15 seconds later, Patrice Bergeron scores a tie for the Bruins. Uh, I believe this is literally right off the next faceoff. Scandella screening Huso in the slot. Not so great. Uh, it's a nice shot, but all of a sudden it's tied. You're going through most of the first. I thought this was actually the Blues' best period in this game in terms of like puck control and just how they look defensively even. Uh, but that doesn't matter because Mark McLaughlin, who I've never heard of before, and has neither has anyone else because <laughs> it's his second goal in the season and probably his career. 
Um, <laughs> this one was go out on that limb. Yeah, yeah, probably. This one was kind of a kind of a shitter. I got to be honest with you. That's <laughs> that's all I remember about it, and I scrubbed it clean from my brain. Second period starts. Tory Krug scores. It's ninth of the season on the power play. You knew Krug had to score in this game. It's his first game back from injury. It's his first game against the Bruins, and it's on his birthday. It had to happen. Uh, it was a real, it's a really nice Tory Krug goal. I feel like this is like Tory Krug to a T. Krug walks in from the point, walks around a, a forward for the Bruins, risks the puck, blocker sign on Swayman. It's it's very pretty. It blues up 2-1. You get a Vladimir Tarasenko goal. I think prior to this, he was already, you know, medium hot. He was hot. But from this point on, from this goal on, this dude is on fire for the rest of the week. Uh, he's the NHL's number one star this week, I believe, even. Tarasenko is 27th goal, assisted by Thomas and Buchnevich. Buchnevich enters the Bruins zone along the right boards of the puck. He passes it to Thomas. Thomas just touches the puck over to Tarasenko. It's between his legs. Unfortunately for Tarasenko, this pass is a little bit behind him, but no matter, he collects it anyways, spins around, and lasers a shot for a goal. It's his 27th. That's the end of the second period. Blues are up 3-2. Uh, to two. It's looking pretty good. And then Vladimir Tarasenko scores again in the third period. It's 28th. Krug does a real good job fighting off a Bruins defender and getting the puck out of the blue zone into Bushnevich. Bushnevich to Tarasenko, back to Bushnevich, back to Tarasenko for the goal. Um, some of these goals just look like practice. I know this is a little bit of a three-on-one or a three-on-one break here, but it was just, it looked so, so, so easy. Blues win this uh, four to two. It's fantastic. You love to see it. Boston of all places. Bruins out shoot the Blues 41 to 30. Uh, Bruins get the majority of the faceoffs there, 56%. They're up for two on the power play. Blues are one for four. Bruins get uh, a lion's share of the Corsi four in this one with 67%. I really did think the Blues kind of sort of faded in the second half of this uh, game here, but Huso had a great game, really held the fort on the Bruins as they took over the second half of the game. Thomas extends his point streak to 10 games with six goals and 12 assists. I believe that point streak is still alive uh, to this very day. Tarasenko's multi-goal game was the longest in the NHL too, I believe. Yeah, I think it's him. And then I think they said Buchnevich or somebody on our team is like literally the other one, the second longest (laughs) active point streak. Um, This is Tarasenko's 37th multi-goal game in the NHL. Passing, passing Brandon Shanahan for sole possession of fifth in Blues history. Blues at this point were 8-0-1 in their last nine games. Um, and, it, and it only gets better from here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this, this week has been a pretty unrestrained fun. And when you're already in a – when you're already in a good run of form, pointing the Buffalo Sabres usually – Usually pretty good. Um, Bennington got the start here against the Sabres in Buffalo um, and allowed a, a 12-minute goal to Rasmus Asplund. What did you call him, though, Ian? More like Rasmus Aspole. Am I right, Stephen? Am I right? <laughs> you got this it. This dude you sucks. It. Just kidding. He's, he's you fine. nailed it. I think in, um, my, in my failed rebuild of the Sabres, I tried to ship this dude out immediately. And he sure <laughs> showed me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he was sending you a message That's clear good. as day. Um, David Perron answered that with a five on three goal towards the end of the period. And it was Krug to Perron for the one timer. It was very nice. A five on three goal. There's those are rare for us. Maybe not as rare as they used to be, but for a while there, we never scored on those. Yeah. Yeah. This game um, became the Vladimir Tarasenko show in the second period. Uh, Brandon Saad, scored on the, the tail end of that second power play 17 seconds into the second assisted by Thomas and Tarasenko. Um, Thomas passed the puck from the corner to Saad in the right circle and Saad goes past the blocker on Anderson for his 21st of the season. Um, Alex Tuck got right back into got the um, Sabres right back into it uh, with a goal assisted by Owen Power. I believe that's his first NHL point. Um, and Tage Thompson, Ellen Power, his night would get dramatically worse very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor, poor Owen. Yeah, he's a, he's a kid. He needed to get the welcome, and he got the welcome. Tuck got too much time on the slot on that one, and it didn't end, end up great for the Blues. 
Um, Tarasenko, though, 718 into the second, scored what would become his first of three goals on the night. He had the puck behind the net. Thomas had the puck behind the net. Big shocker. Passed it across the crease to Buchnevich. Buchnevich got it, got it over to Tarasenko, who put the puck into the gaping wide net. Those three are, I, I, will, I will say right now, right now, the right. best line in hockey. And I know I'm doing the Adam Wild right now thing, but I mean, who who would you take over those guys at the moment? I know, right? They had, uh, I think they said in, I forget how many games, the last handful of games, they've had like 70 points in like mm-hmm. the last like 15 games or something. It's like insanity. Yeah. Um, they, they just feed off each other so well. They, I feel like are, I don't know, they, they read each other really well. They have like the crispest passing between the three of them too. I think they're all really good passers. Um, and then all three of them can score. Obviously, Tom, Thomas a little bit more of a passer, but 18 goals on the season, he's shooting too. They're, they're just a super-duper triple threat to, or a line there. We got to get that kid to 20. Um, and then Tarasenko broke the internet and broke that one power soul and broke <laughs> Craig Anderson's ankles and broke something else Frank and Frankie's uh, broke Frankie's brain <laughs> um, with his 30th goal of oh, poetic. I didn't realize it was his 30th at the time. Uh, Krug and Thomas assisted on this one. Thomas won the draw back to Krug in the blue zone and Krug hit Tarasenko with a stretch pass. The only man between Tarasenko and Anderson, a second game NHL player, Owen Power, first overall pick Owen Power, but second game NHL player, <laughs> Owen Power. Tarasenko banks the puck off the board around Power. He's in on the breakaway and he does it again. He pulls a Forsberg and reaches the puck across, or as uh, HW Plainview would say, across Anderson to push the puck <laughs> over the line. <laughs> um, that was uh, a great, a great person. I was going to say it was a great impersonation. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm humbled. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that's the definite goal of the year contender. Oh, yeah. Right? It's got to be. Uh, it's not just the Forsberg, which alone would be enough, but the move around Owen Power is just, um, man, Tarasenko, this this might be as good as I've ever seen him. Right. I, I know he goes through like hot streaks and cold streaks, but man, there's just dudes flaming right now. I can't believe it, man. I thought... I thought, let's get this guy like 22 goals this season. Yeah, remember? <laughs> Just show enough that somebody will take his, you know, we'll even eat some of the salary and somebody can take him this season. And now it's like, I, I don't know what he's thinking. Um, and I always thought this was impossible, but like, there's no way he wants a trade right now. Right. How could I, you? I sure hope not, man. Like you just, this is the old, um, Elliot Friedman where it's like don't don't fuck with happy or it's like yeah. is this good do you enjoy these line mates which they just signed here for the next five years four years whatever yeah. Thomas is going to be here forever I'm like dude if you like this all you got to do all you got to do is sign baby <laughs> just, just sign the paper well, Please, come on I would feel you gotta give <laughs> <laughs> what a roller <laughs> I definitely was like he's gotta stay when he asked for a trade, I was like, no, you can't leave. And then eventually he's like, okay, I get it. And now I'm back to like, you, you can't leave if you stay, if you just sign. I just don't, I will obviously care what happens with this team over the next five or six years or whatever, but I'm kind of just like, okay, it's all gravy now because I just want you to stay here, score more goals, retire your number. I just need this picture perfect career. Don't ruin this. Don't ruin your career for me. <laughs> he's got the cup already he'll get more here um he has now 600 games played that was his 600th game i guess this wasn't his 600th game but one we'll talk about later was 251 goals 518 points come on buddy do the right thing um anyway uh pavel Buchnevich scored in the third bouncing puck that he jams through the five hole of Anderson. Not the first time Anderson has had his five hole jam. Uh, Tarasenko, by the way, had, um, is this, oh, this isn't the game where he had five points in a period. That was Minnesota. Or am I making that up? No, he had five points uh, in this, in this game. game, Not not in the period. That's why I'm 
hallucinating. Yeah. Tarasenko gets his fifth point of the game with the empty netter hat trick, which if I'm recalling correctly, was a snipe from the other end of the ice. Yeah. Right? I mean, it was in the blue zone. Um, got it all. The blues win. The blues dominate this game, despite being out coursey for literally two to one. Um, and uh, the Sabres had 18 high danger chances to our 14. I think uh, Bennington looked very good in this one. Oh yeah, um, I think he kept him in it in the first period. That seems to be that seems to be a thing for us. Yeah, and uh, you know we we're scoring at will right now. I mean, we're pretty much scoring at will. Tarasenko recorded his fifth point of uh, his fifth point, which was his first five point game of the career. Thomas also recorded his first five point game. They are the fifth. He is the fifth Blues player to record five points. In a game, five assists in a game, joining Dallas Drake, Adam Oates, Bernie Federko, and Brian Sutter. Man, man, have you just cut Dallas Drake off of that list? You know, <laughs> that look, that look like he's in great company. Realistic. <laughs> um, at least it wasn't Tyson Nash, though. Um, both Tarasenko and Thomas broke the 70-point threshold, making this the first team time two Blues players have recorded 70-plus points since 2001-2002. Uh, Keith Kachuk and um, Justin's cat Demetra will be with you at that time. Um, yeah, I mean, you want to roll right into uh, the Minnesota game and talk about that? I want to say one thing about the Buffalo Sabres. Please Hats do. off to them. They they looked really hungry, and they also looked like always on the – they honestly looked very much like the Blues minus like – all the crisp passing and like actually being able to finish because I thought they actually seemed really dangerous the whole game. Like it was just, it was a track meet and Mm -hmm. I think it was this game for, yeah, it was this game for sure where they do the whole thing after the game where they're asking Craig Ruby and they're asking the players where they're like, this is a fun game. Right. And they're like, Oh yeah. And they're like, but you know, you don't want to have that happen all the time. Right guys. And I'm like, man, these media folks, I'm like, just leave it alone. Just stop trying to make it sound. You got to stop with the whole, like, you know, if you don't defend very well, is the game even a good game? You allowed, like, whatever it was, two goals. That's not very good. And it's, like, a lot of back and forth. You're allowed all these high-danger chances. Bad. Bad team. Yeah. And I'm like, come on. I get it. I understand. That's what they want to clean up. They probably know that, too. But just enjoy it. Enjoy this. Enjoy this I game. Agree. I agree. And speaking of that, um, I naively checked the athletics power rankings. Um, just to see where the blues were. And granted, this was April 15th, so before the back-to-back over the weekend. Hmm. But the blues ranked ninth, which put them behind the Bruins <laughs> and um, the Rangers and the Wild, who were sixth. Um, and they were also giving a reason to watch every team. And uh, Sean, Gen- Sean Gentilly and uh, Dom Supervision um got uh wrote that the reason to watch the blues was quote to not get yelled at saying blues fans have harbored strong resentment towards us all season at any apparent slight do you even watch blues games is something they will ask down the stretch and we simply can't be caught slipping here st louis has been on a very impressive run of weight winning seven straight and then nine of its last ten it's enough for a top 10 spot in this week's rankings you're welcome well you know what, you smarmy bastards? I'm yelling at you anyway. That ain't a reason, baby. You should be watching for Robert Thomas. You should be watching for Vladimir Tarasenko. Hell, you should be watching for Craig Berube's little strokes that he has on the side if you really want to get entertained. Um, hopefully they rectify that with their ranking after these two games over the weekend, but that ticked me off a little bit. That is so, yeah, I know. I don't know what happened with Dom decision, but he had some sort of model or uh, something that was did not go in the Blues' favor like a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. Fans got angry. I think he had fun with that, but they didn't see it as fun. And now they're actually angry, and so he's kind of actually angry at them too. It's it's a whole thing. Yeah, there's a real feud there for sure. Folks come together. See, speaking of feud, just uh, just out of curiosity, who do you think the dumbest man in St. Louis is? <laughs> Um, well, it was me until I moved, and now the com- competition has hey self-burn. Let's do right. they're, they're, they're just filling a vacuum, though. But I gotta say, I mean, in Jacksonville, I'm like cream of the crop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to like you, Mayor. 
the former dumbest man in St. Louis is like the ninth smartest guy. That's like the Medal of Honor. That's former right. dumbest. That's right. The only people smarter than me are people who retired here from the space program. But how smart can they be if they moved up here from down there? So, you know, think about that. Um, yeah, that is, man, our Twitter scene is wild. I mean, you've got, it's got some you've characters. Got, you've, you've got beat reporters getting drunk and berating robots <laughs> with six followers. You've got um, an ex-bank uh, robber and... and uh, a suburban dad with terrible opinions going at it like it's a blood feud. <laughs> uh, uh, that doesn't even co- count the colorful, colorful characters of Blues Twitter. You know, you that's right. This is just your St. Louis, St. Louis vote. <laughs> your hats, your lipos, your ashes—you got everybody, and we love them all. You know, it's like the Sesame Street of. Of, of personality disorders it's really quite <laughs> quite a lovely experience island of uh, forgotten toys that's right exactly um would you like to talk about the minnesota wild game now you enjoy seeing the minnesota wild lose right i do i do it brings me great joy no matter what this team i've softened on and then i got really angry about in this game as you'll hear uh yeah minnesota came to town on saturday it was a two p.m. game. It was an afternoon game. It's a matinee game, so we should have known that it was going to be a hard win, if, if a win at all. Um, Ivan Barbashev opens the scoring. 13 minutes into the first period is 24th of the season. Walker does a little spinorama in front of the net after Shen gets in the puck. Uh, Walker gets shoved off the puck and into Talbot. Barbashev gets the rebound and whacks it in. Talbot kind of objects for a little bit until maybe he remembers that freaking Hartman shoved uh, Walker into him. So, you know, it's, it's your own fault. Sorry. Ryan Hartman was all over this game, both scoring and just being like a general asshole. I think that's like your um, Brad Marchand type you got to watch uh, in the series. In the series, it's probably going to happen between these two. I mean, it, Ryan Hartman, a 30-goal scorer. He scored his 30th in this game, beginning of the second period, one minute in. More like Ryan Fartman, am I right, Steven? You know, Ryan Fartman. That's going to go real far. Hashtag Fartman. Uh, yep. As we play, as we play this team, it's gonna go the just first as round. far as ass full. <laughs> That's right. This will be. Uh, this is really gonna get into his head, and I think he's on a poor series due to hashtag <laughs> fart man. <laughs> um, a nice shot of his to be sure for his thirtieth. But uh, I think Huso should probably have this one, and I think Scandella. I think it was Scandella. Probably a good bet. Uh, probably should have stepped in on him a little bit more. I gave him a little too much space there. Well, that's okay. Vladimir Tarasenko scores his 32nd goal just about a minute, two minutes later. Pareko with a saucy backhand pass through the slot to Tarasenko for the backdoor goal. We're piling it on at this point. David Perron with his 26th, two minutes later. Perron with an, Perron is an office, right? He's got an office just like Ovi now. It's the same spot, maybe a little further down. They're the same player. Shout to Perron for the one-timer. <laughs> It's fantastic. They said something on the broadcast, like in his office. I'm like, I love David Prom, but that's not his office. Let's, <laughs> let's calm down. <laughs> but you know, all all credit to him. That's power play goal. Brandon Saab puts one more in there. Anything can be your office Scandella. if you work there. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Home office. Uh, many people share an office. Many people have uh, open open concept offices. Do they have that down there? They don't have that, right? You got walls and stuff. And figure out who like works there yeah yeah, yeah. okay good that's what you need in a building and you need in every building i mean my particular section is more open but it's oh, also no. we haven't really invited people back post covid so is it a real is it a real google vibe of people throwing the hacky sack around you know, oh like yeah baby <laughs> throwing hacky sack hitting blunts you know <laughs> bemoaning climate change i don't know what do they do at google? <laughs> that seems, yeah, sleep that seems like it's the big three <laughs> if you are there in one of your sleep pods that's right you gotta get you don't have chairs you have the rolly bowls that seems why, like a real why don't you whip out a murphy bed and <laughs> have right. a quick nap sweet another murphy bed reference <laughs> <laughs> people love it murphy's sure gonna sponsor this podcast those Murphy beds are equipped with Casper mattresses. Casper mattress. When you think going to the mattress store is just too much work. <laughs> when you'd rather unroll your mattress. Imagine saying that to someone. 
like from i don't know 20 years ago 30 years yeah we just unrolled yeah. the mattress like, we just did it i'll tell you what ian i've unrolled both of my last two mattresses and i'm here to say it's fine it's really fine fine they have springs in them they don't have springs how does no. it support you does i don't know it does, it's magic it's gel it's foam it's oh, tyler man. sagan i don't know it's <laughs> really supporting you jamie tyler sagan that. not That's one to support people not one to go to the extra mile. Or wait, was that Jamie Jamie Ben's problem? Jamie Ben. Yeah. I was thinking a stand-up guy, supposedly. Jamie Ben, I mean, I ain't gotta tell you. You've heard. Um, blues up four one at this point, heading into the third. Oh, this is it. So they're heading to the third. It's four one. They're on a power play. They're on a they're on a double minor. Or there's like so a, we've got so we've got this one wrapped up. You're saying, yeah. Oh boy, they someone clipped um, Letty up high, just right on around the orbital bone, right on top of that old orbital bone, and he's a bleeder. Oh, he's bleeding. Yeah. Uh, he's a stuck <laughs> My pig. My mouth's bleeding, bro. <laughs> he goes off. He doesn't play the next game either. He, he should be fine. I hope he's fine. Um, but yeah, we get a double. We get a double minor there. Four minute power play. We don't score in the first two minutes. Carries over into the third period. We don't score in those like that minute and a half or so. And Ryan Hartman scores. Fartman strikes again. Three minutes into the third period, it's now four two wild. Then Frederick Goudreau scores. It's four three wild. Then Paul Buchnevich scores a, a dinger off the post. I'm like I'm jumping up and down. I'm like all right, okay. He's he's stopped the bleeding. It's five three. Then Marcus Foligno scores on the power play four minutes later. Then Kirill Kaprizov scores, and it's 5-5. The game is tied with five minutes left in the game. Breaker with the weakest pass of his life. Uh, Kaprizov intercepts the puck right in front of the net and puts a great shot by Huso. Um, terrible, just terrible. Um, not Kirill Kaprizov. He's not terrible. He is fantastic. He's 43rd goal of the season. The best wild player of all time, I'll say, of all time. They haven't had very many good ones. Um, and we go to overtime. Overtime, not our forte. Although the last time we went to overtime with the Wild, we won. So the Wild, I believe, are seven and two. We're two and seven. Uh, it goes to OT. Bushnevich tries a wraparound, but he can't tuck it in. The puck goes in the slot where Shen Carouza, and he fires it home for the OT goal. Blues win 6 5. They save the game. They saved Christmas. They saved Easter. They did all of them. We can have turkey again. <laughs> I uh, this game. This game had my heart rate all over the place. I um, what was I gonna say? I feel like the Minnesota Wild have to hate us so much. Oh yeah. They we are twelve one and one against them in our last fourteen meetings. That means what, like four seasons, three or four seasons, they've had one, one regulation loss against us, one regulation victory rather against yeah. us. Yeah. That is no good for them. They should probably stop. That. <laughs> That's um, weird because I think I feel like the games are at least close. I mean, obviously this one was, the last one was. So I never feel like we're like dominating them or anything, but I definitely thought it was more of like a 50-50 split. Um Especially because they seem like they they do pretty good against everybody else. They're despite all of our wins, and we weren't even really that far behind the wild when we started this win streak. Maybe like I don't know, eight, six or eight points or so. They're only like two points behind us. They've kept pace when so when they're not playing us, uh, they win their games. I mean, when they are playing us, they at least get a point or two. So um, unfortunately, we haven't made much in the standings this year against them, but. Yeah, we seem to have their number. You would you would hope to bet with the Blues, uh, bet for the Blues, bet on the Blues when they play the Wild in what probably like a guaranteed first round matchup at this point. I think if I look at the Wild card, if I look at the standings right now, we have 102 points and are in second. The Wild have 101 points and are in third. And Dallas is at 91. Nashville's at 91. Um pretty much not going to catch either of us so it's and neither of us are catching colorado so it's just a matter of who is home base at this point um which is kind of cool that we know who we're going to play more or less and it's nice that it's against a team that we beat all the time um it's a little less exciting for me honestly because i'm like eh, i'd rather have like a fun like oh at the end of the last 
game of the year. Who's who are we gonna play? It depends on who wins and who loses. It's like that's <laughs> nah, over. I love um, control. It would be great to beat Minnesota and then have someone like Nashville or Dallas like surprise Colorado. Because then I feel like we're not you can't surprise us then and we just beat them, hopefully. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'll tell you who we did surprise and defeat <laughs> thoroughly. The Nashville Predators. Ian Terrible, man. This team is fighting for their playoff lives and they lay this fucking egg. I mean, uh, if I was a Predators fan, I'd be so pissed. I was going to say, I, I, I pretend to feel sorry for them, but I don't feel sorry for them at all. I feel great. I feel, awesome. I feel, I feel great. <laughs> Nick Cousins did open the scoring. Um, Borvietsky, I think is how you pronounce this guy's name. Uh, hit a really close, nice backhand pass behind the net. Um, the puck trickled in front and Cousin buried it. Maybe Benner could have done more, but I don't know. It was kind of a wacky play and, uh, you know, ended up being a fine performance by Bennington. So it wasn't a reason that he cratered, um, which is good because it took a whole 11 minutes for us to score the first goal of this game. Um, Braden Shen scored on the power play. Perron tied up someone on the faceoff, I think quite illegally. <laughs> Watch. <laughs> I think it was just a straight up stick hold. But in any case, uh, O'Reilly corralled it and hit Shen near the post and near the point. Nice queen goal for the nice queen goal. I think I meant to write nice queen shot for the nice queen goal. Braden Shen, you know a nice what? clean boy. That's right. Braden Shen has taken many showers in his life. <laughs> um, Vladimir Tarasenko with his 33rd of the season to open what would become an historic second period for the St. Louis Boys. Mr. Masterton, Vladimir Tarasenko, back in peak form. Uh, this was just a brutal power move to cut to the center and score around Carrier. Um, this is peak, 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 peak Vladimir Tarasenko. Mm-hmm. Um, we sometimes forget how good a power forward Tarasenko is because his shot is so lethal but um when he's got it all together like he's had with frederick and with this this week he is he's a he's a unit man that that dude's a little tank oh that's right that did happen against the bruins yeah yeah we didn't hole in your roof for a whole new roof bounces off to your sink (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i don't know why that got me so good but it did um but yeah i mean this guy so good another uh legendary blues player with um, whose stock is rising, I would say, is Callie Rosen. Um, <laughs> Callie Rosen heard he has risen so much on Easter Sunday that he thought they were talking about him. <laughs> and um, he scored his first goal of the season, his first goal since he was a Toronto Maple Leaf in like 2018. Um, Bennington made a huge stretch save, uh, which was reminiscent of the one on Joachim Nordstrom in the uh, Stanley Cup final. Um, and the puck went the other way. The typical Thomas Tarasenko Buchnevich type passing, but Kelly Rosen got the puck in the goal. Thomas his 55th assist, Tarasenko his 42nd. Um, Jordan Cairo got his 24th goal here. Buchnevich and Pareko assisted. Cairo was moved down to the quote unquote fourth line for the start of this game. And um, that didn't seem to sit with him too well. He had a got a beautiful backhand pass from Buchnevich as he entered the zone and Cairo sniped it home. One of the things I loved about this, watching these goals in quick succession, is pretty much every one of these highlights started outside the zone. They were all Mm -hmm. enter the zone smoothly, quick passes and scores. I mean, it's just you we've become this beautiful, elite, high level zone entry transition team and, and you love to see it. Um, we are not needing to get to the dirty areas anymore. We should make sure we remember how for the playoffs, but you gotta um, clean those. That's right. That's right. Braden Shen cleans all of it. Clean boy. <laughs> um, uh, Callie Rosen again. A Rosen by any other name would score just as sweet. <laughs> Tarasenko's passing uh, is so underrated. Rosen has risen on Easter Sunday. It was a beautiful cross crease pass, and Rosen hits the shot and gets the goal his i mean this is like this is you know this is the stuff ken reed writes books about this is the best game he'll ever play Ali um, rosen on hat trick watch that's right uh he would not get it spoiler oh. <laughs> um nathan walker is australian and 
you know, I'm too lazy to play the music cue for that. <laughs> he scored. Uh, Logan Brown's even getting points. Dakota Joshua's even getting points. Uh, back behind the net to the front goalie Woolley from down under by Nathan Walker. You know how they say goalie Woolley down do. there when they score. They it's might. Like, they could. Who knows? Who knows what Australians do, really? I mean, they're weird people. Um, I I had a friend a couple of weeks ago went to the UFC show down here, um, and the guy in the main event who was defending his title was was an Australian, and I talked to one of the friends I know who's into USC, pretty much the only guy I know who watches regularly, and he's like, yeah, I wanted to lose because I hate Australians, and I'm like, all Australians or this one in particular? And he's like, no, all of them. And I'm like, how do you, <laughs> like, how do you hate Australians? <laughs> Never did get an answer on that. I should dig deeper. Um, but in any case, uh, Nathan Walker scored, then Braden Shin scored. This was what, the sixth, sixth goal of the period, Braden Shin? Um, Barbashev pulled up at center ice, perfect zone entry pass. Braden Shin cuts to the center and scores. Another gorgeous uh, movement pass. Luke Kunin, Kunin, I think is how they say it, which I know I don't can't be right. I don't like um, that. Chesterfield zone. <laughs> that's right. His 13th goal. Uh, good for him having a little bit of a bounce back year with the Preds. Uh, Cousins, his 13th assist. Ekholm, his 23rd assist, ruining the 13 13 13 symmetry. Um, everybody else from St. Louis was scoring, so why not let Luke Conan score? <laughs> uh, it was just a nice snipe bar down and in from far away. Uh, pretty good shot. Jordan Cairo did not have a good shot when he beat David Rich five hole on this one. Duchesne tried to drop past it. And it was two on one Barbashev, Kairou the other way. Kairou got it. He had all the time and space in the world, which was good because he definitely didn't control the puck. He had to pretty much stop dead, corral it. And when he does, he dribbled one through the five hole. Not good for the replacement goaltender, David Riddich. Um, in the third period, we let Dante Fabro score because his name sounded enough like Robbie Fabry that we figured we'd get him one. Um, and uh, that was it. The Blues win eight to three, but... Um, in even more dominating performance than that sounds. Um, what's crazy is that at even strength, we only had 53% of the course he for and didn't have the high danger advantage at, um, at uh, five on five in the second period. So that's wild. Um, but it's nine wins in a row. It's 12th game in a row of scoring four more goals, which is um definitely a, a club record and i think i think approaching a, a league record or at least kind of a you know recent history league record yeah i um, know it's definitely a franchise record and um i think this what was the other there's some other record they're talking oh and then obviously scoring scoring seven goals in the uh, second period a, a franchise record as well um and i think they said the last time that even happened for anyone was like the capitals back in like 2014 uh, with like eight goals or something in a period. They almost had that many goals the other day, actually, against the Flyers. Went one. Um, man. I, I, speaking of which, if the Blues play the Flyers right now, I think you, I think we get double digits easy. <laughs> oh, that team's a train wreck. Um, I, I, this, this team, without a doubt, is the best offensive Blues team in the salary cap era. Like, I think that's pretty easy to say, especially because right as the summer cap era started, they were terrible for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then I know in all of my knowledge of the Blues since then, they've never had, you know, this great a scoring touch. So I think that's pretty easy, a pretty easy uh, crown to give them. I think there's some argument that like the 1980-81 team was a better offensive team or just as good. Um, I'm trying to remember who they said it's all on there, but like Bernie Federico, Brian Sutter, a bunch of other folks that are on there, a bunch of young guys at that time that were scoring pretty well too, but yeah, within the last 15 plus years this is definitely their best offensive team. Um, I mean, it's, it's insanity that how many players they have that score almost every other game. And then that's that they do it at that pace too. You have such a wide breadth of people that can score and that do score. And it's, it's, it's insanity. I mean, Jordan Cairo just sort of started getting back to form these last two games and they haven't missed a beat while he was in his, you know, goalless streak there because everyone else has been scoring in his absence, you know, for a while there, maybe at the very beginning of the season, it was a little bit of like the Jordan Kyrie show again, carrying over from last year and, and guys had to pick it up. Shen wasn't really scoring. 
Perron wasn't scoring for a long time, you know, and now all of a sudden he's at 26 freaking goals. It's like, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you slow this team down. I guess the, the, the answer is like that transition, is. right? <laughs> like that's the only thing, that's the only thing you seem to uh, be able to do against them because that's, that's their bread and butter. But it seems like, no, that's the, that's the obvious answer. And if it's that obvious, you would think teams would probably tried that and they haven't been successful yet. So it's, I don't know. It's crazy because this is a team that even a couple of weeks ago, we were probably like, yeah, they'll make the playoffs, but like, I don't know. We'll see how far they get. And while I'm still not quite as confident as maybe say in retrospect, the team that ended up winning the cup, uh, just because we actually had like pretty good defense at that point too. But like, I still think I'm a lot higher on this team than I was two weeks ago in terms of like how far they can go, especially if the wild are their first round matchup. It's like, Ooh, okay. Well, that seems like you don't want to put the cart in front of the horse, but I'm like, that seems easier than once thought we'll say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that the shift is to me is just at, at one point uh, there was absolutely no way I saw how we could beat, you know, either the wild, either the, abs or the um flames and Mm -hmm. now i don't necessarily think that's likely that we do that but i definitely see how it's possible (laughs) and i think that's what the shift is for me it's like i still wouldn't necessarily call us the favorites against the avalanche um and man i've watched the flames a couple times lately and that team looks very frightening (laughs) um but i definitely would give us a shot against any of those teams, you know, because I think, I think what, I mean, I think the one edge, obvious edge they had on us is scoring. And I don't think anybody has an obvious edge in scoring anymore on us. So. Right. Um, I mean, if yeah, you get, if you get timely goaltending like they have been all season or for at least the latter half of the season, it's like, well, maybe you can, maybe you can kind of coast by on just being able to outscore teams by a lot and just hope that you can get back sent by like a, a goalie on their head a little bit. Um, see how long that can last you. Blues are like plus 69. Nice. And the goal differential, which puts them fourth uh, in the league, just behind Florida, Colorado and Calgary. Um, I mean, yeah, when you can score like that, you like your chances against almost anybody just because there's, it's almost like having to hold back a river with a dam or something. It's like, it's, there's only so much you can do before the cracks start to show and they start to score, hopefully. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's only six games left this season. And I think a couple of them, a couple of them can really be like uh, point boosters for some, for some players. Maybe Tarasenko gets to 80 points. Probably. Yeah. He's at like 76 or something now, I feel like. Um, but yeah, we play Boston I can't remember who we play after that, but I know we play like Arizona and San Jose and Anaheim. And then we play Colorado and Vegas to end the, the year, I believe. So there's definitely some weaker teams in there that you can still be tallying the points up on. You can maybe stay ahead of Minnesota here, have home ice advantage. Um, any Anything for an edge. But yeah, it'll, it'll be an interesting end to the season that's almost – a little anticlimactic, which is fine because you already know that you're in the playoffs. You already know that you're who you're probably going to face. But as long as everyone's healthy and they're kind of still maybe riding this heater a bit, I mean, that's this is the time to be hot. This is exactly the time you want all of this to be coming together. Um, you know, even if they falter a little bit and, you know, lose a couple of games, as long as they don't lose like six in a row, um, you got to feel like they're still feeling that, that heat as they go into the playoffs. Yeah, and I definitely um... – I definitely at this point, I'm just want to watch him chase 40 goals, 20 goals, mm-hmm. 60 assists, 80 points per game, you know, point per game, 90 points, whatever. Um, some of those thresholds is kind of what I'm watching just on an individual level. And the team is like, I mean, obviously, I don't know if they can possibly stay this hot going into the playoffs, but even if they kind of approximate it, it's like, you know. Hmm. Even if they pull awesome. a little bit, it's still like okay, they're not scoring eight it's goals. It's crazy a game. too. Like if Thomas Thomas has missed almost ten games this season, Tarasenko's missed five or six. You know, so these guys really probably would be closing in on ninety points or so 
if they had been healthy all year. Buchnevich has only played 67. I think 75 is, is where we're at. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, none of our top guys have played a full season. Shin has 57 points in 60 games. Kyra 67 and 68. Um, Puchnevich 69 and 67. Thomas 73 and 66. Tarasenko 76 six and 69. And we've got we've got four or five guys with a legitimate shot at being point per game players this year. Um, which is it's just absurd. Um, you know, and then obviously the guys like Barbashev, who's been a revelation this year. Um, Brandon Sada has been perfectly fine, you know, even if it's just 46 points isn't some astronomical total, but he's got 22 goals. Falk has 42 points because he's been red hot. Krug even is up to 40 now, despite missing a lot of time. Like you've got literally 12, maybe even more players that are just top point contributors. Um, and then, you know, two goalies who I think are, are you know, and, and Benning's case is improving and, and who so have been good all season. That's just, you know, hard not to be excited about what could come the rest of the year. Right. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's our blues talk. Are you ready for uh, my extremely random question to close us out here tonight? Yeah, give me, give me your most random question. All right. I don't know why this popped into my head. I was whistling. Oh, I was, I was humming the... Um, the Zelda theme, the main Zelda theme. Yeah. And it made me think to ask you, Ian, what's your favorite piece of video game music and or what is your favorite like video game score? Oh man. It's very and you can talk about more than one because it's such a such a broad topic. Um the uh the I guess recency bias, like the Elden Ring score is just very like subtle and in the background, mm-hmm. but like the opening theme they do there's like no music on the on the like entry screen or whatever press enter screen and then there's kind of like these kind of like unsettling strings that kind of go up and then it goes in like this very like epic sounding music that's probably like overly done and i'm like oh but this is kind of cool because i'm like yeah this this game's hard and weird and i'm into this (laughs) but um man i'm trying to think i mean zelda's like iconic but yeah, broadly speaking for me, like I love the Mega Man stuff, obviously. Yeah. Um, but another another one, I know we both love this game. Hades was oh yeah, that's got really good music. Um I love I love all this all the stuff, but Gerudo Valley is like one of my favorites ever. Um and then uh there's something else I was just thinking of that I forgot now, but it'll come back to me. Oh, the one that I think is like criminally underappreciated is the um fallout theme like the main orchestral theme of fallout oh, yeah. you don't really think about that um the that game's like orchestral cinematic music because you think about all the wacky tacky you know 50s and 60s nuclear fallout type songs but um yeah i mean i think i think that theme is is really good and uh as always the the main kind of halo um the battle theme the, the celtic sounding one you know that one's oh yeah a banger classic that is so good that's like enough that like they have a that paramount show which i haven't watched at all yet uh that halo but and but they uh the halo series and they yeah play that music and i was like oh, i don't even want to really watch this but i'm like I'm still that's i want to hear a that nostalgia trip yeah um <laughs> I think like it's the it's not even the battle music it's like the gym leader battle music for pokemon like mm-hmm. the original ones it's just very um good choice yeah it start it just starts very kind of like i don't know you just it, it's something about you reach a gym leader and you're a little kid and you're like this is like this is an epic boss battle and it just mm-hmm. starts it comes in real low and then builds and i'm like oh this is great um hades i think you hit hades hades is so good like it's just it's in the background and I don't, I didn't really like think about it when it was on, but then I played that game enough that like when I wasn't playing it, it was like in my head all the time. And it was like such a fun little mix of like kind of, I'm assuming sort of like some sort of like 
Greek sounding music or some Mediterranean yeah. sounding music mixed with like heavy metal. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. this, is, this is so dope. Oh man, there's, I know there's like at least one or two that I'm like trying to think of that I'm probably missing, but Halo's really good. I don't know what I've played recently or played a long time ago. The, uh, I think the Super Smash theme always sticks with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's one, there's one theme on, um, Far Cry 4 that I love, or 5, 5, sorry, I think, um, that I just loved, that was amazing. Um, and it's just kind of the main credit theme, or the main, like, opening title theme, but it was so good. Um, and the guy who did that, uh, the guy who composed that is, like, pretty well-known composer. Like, yeah. He's, done some like Hollywood stuff and movies you've heard of and stuff like that. So um I feel like maybe it's the guy I forget somebody maybe it's like the Game of Thrones guy that did like some video games like oh this is pretty nice. Um, yeah out of the other realm the I still gotta watch it. I think it's on HBO Max now. It's like the new Batman movie the Robert Battinson. Oh yeah I haven't seen that um, yet. I know the the theme I've heard for it in the trailer is I'm like oh that's dope. That's really Ian, have I have yeah. I talked on this podcast about my uh, new Theranos obsession? Did I talk about that last week? I don't know if you mentioned it or not. You're just really um, into fraud. I think you just love fraud. I'm, I'm really I think you're practicing fraud, it. But uh, if I hadn't talked, I'm, I'm, I might have. So, but I'll keep it quick. This woman was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I went so I watched the show first. Finished the show. Show's great. Amanda Seyfried, fantastic. Um, a lot of good like like big name actors and kind of supporting roles in there you've got william h macy and uh the guy um i can't red foreman the guy who played red oh Ford, yeah yeah the actor's name right now um both of those guys are in it um you've got some heavy hitters and like minor roles in that show so that's pretty good that's um, how you know it's good but then I listened to the podcast and now I'm reading the book and both the show and the podcast really come at it with kind of like, I think an intentionally impartial view where it's like, well, she's probably a bad person, but maybe she was just kind of in over her head trying to do the right thing. And, you know, generally trying to be okay and just lying when she felt like she was cornered sort of thing. And then this book is just like, no, this woman was stone cold. <laughs> the time. Um, and I kind of love it. It's just so blunt. It's like every story was, and then Elizabeth fired someone and then Elizabeth <laughs> fired someone and then Elizabeth blackmailed. <laughs> like, oh damn. Okay. Um, I started speaking of blackmail. I then have started watching the impeachment thing on um on hulu with which is you know the american crime story they oh yeah oj one and now um that same group has done other ones but now they did the impeachment um that's been really good so far um i'm a history nerd so maybe it appeals more to me than some folks but um yeah that's, that's been oh bad vegan also ian have you watched bad vegan yet we talked about this right you have not yet so i have not you got to talk. You got to watch this show so I can talk about it with you in, on this podcast or elsewhere. It's wild. These people, if they've watched it, you know they know how wild. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know, so I can't spoil anything. But it's fraud, awesome. baby. Um, it's all fraud. You ever? Right. We talked about how like how people have to have. How do you? How do you kill someone? You know, how does someone mm-hmm. kill somebody? Like, have the capacity to do that yeah that's why i was like well okay and like, like the heat of battle or more and stuff like a, nor- a normal human being um i get maybe like the passionate thing but even then i'm still like i'm not that passionate i'm gonna kill somebody so and then yeah. i don't even get the planning thing i sort of feel the same way about blackmail and fraud and stuff where i'm like so no one's gonna find out ever there's no paper trail and they're like well there's a little paper trail and so instead of stopping this i'm gonna do more fraud <laughs> and I'm like, so there's more of this this feels almost like gambling it feels like you have like an addiction to, plan fraud. to cover up the paper trail that's right bigger paper trail. we need another paper trail baby <laughs> so i don't find this paper trail it is really like what's fascinating to me in that case though is like the level at which people had to be like willfully disfrauded there's always like every time they all talk about well, you got to be brave and be the whistleblower. But like every one of these stories has like 10,000 different whistleblowers, you know, 
and every different organization has to like cover it up. Walgreens had a guy that they paid his only his literal only job was to like come into this and make sure everything was above board. And this guy was like, dude, everything is not above board. This is terrible. Don't do this. Don't get into this deal. And they're like, yeah, but we're going to get into the deal because what do you know? Why are you here? And he's like, I'm here to tell you not to do this. And they're like, thanks, guy, but your services are no longer. <laughs> it's like, it's just insane. It's like an insane story. Um, just to have that happen at like such a high level in in the modern era, like in the last decade, two decades, basically, like it's just, I don't know, it's crazy what human beings, you know, as as bad as like Elizabeth is, it's crazy to me, like what human beings can convince themselves of, you know? Oh, yeah. You really have to, you really have to have bought in and like want, want to believe in her to get I that. I want to believe. That's true. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's like one of those things where like if you, if you can convince yourself, once you've gotten to that point, there's no, you know, then there's, there's nothing that can like necessarily stop you as long as you keep believing it. Yeah. You, so that's my take on fraud. <laughs> you talk deeply about fraud, something that's, you know, that, uh, as I say, affects us all. Maybe it doesn't affect us all, but, you know, <laughs> it's a real thing that affects real people. And now I want to talk to you real quick about the show I'm watching on Netflix called The Ultimatum of where they... <laughs> yes, take, I've heard a little bit about this. Yeah, where they take these six couples <laughs> and then one of them has made an ultimatum where they're like, you got to marry me or I walk. And... Just then one the, of them or one in each couple? One, one in each, each couple. couple. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, gotcha. They got a mix. You know, it's always most, you know, you think, ah, it's all the women. But now there's some guys uh-huh. in there too that want the ultimatum. Um, and then the other person's obviously like, well, I don't know if I'm ready for numerous reasons. So then they all get to meet each other. And then they basically do a little swingers thing where they all pair off with other people and date them for a while and they all pick one and they live with them for three weeks and they go back and they now live with their original partner for three weeks and it is the most like toxic thing i've ever seen i i don't like using that word because it's overused it's like epic and all that stuff but man like- it is it is like a it's like a swamp filled with like radiation <laughs> it's yeah, just i don't so want to i don't want to get like too like 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 i don't know what the word you sound like one of them like like but like that everything is wrong with that show every part of the conceit of that show is everything that's wrong with the world oh yeah to me like first of all if you're at the point where you're like you gotta marry me or else or else just hit the or else button just hit it and get out (laughs) that's not i know i'm kind of like if that was it they've made the decision for you you're like i should get out but like the also the idea this the whole idea of like you know relationships should just be perfect and and free and easy going and we should never have to work at it or try to make mm. compromises and and this should just feel right or whatever it's like god that is like never gonna work out for you you people are so doomed <laughs> i know it's tv i know it's for entertainment but yeah. be less trashy <laughs> <laughs> these two people that date or eventually start dating they're like yeah i tell my mom everything this girl's like i tell my mom everything too and they're and they're like yeah I'm come from like my mom's like comes from an Italian family. She's like, my mom's Italian too. And they're like, we have a lot in common. And I was like, what? Like, that's it. Um, I've spoiled myself a little bit on like some of these other things that happen later in the show or almost done with it. But oh boy. Yeah, they cut between so many things. I know they edit these shows in a certain way, but like between them, like having a drag out fight where I'm like, so the relationship's over. And the next day someone will come in. They're both tired from sleeping elsewhere, and they're like, "Look, I'm so sorry." And they're like, "I know, I just, I just wasn't myself." And they're like, "I know," and I'm like, "Really?" Because you two like, you two are like spitting vile at each other last night, and then it will just happen again, and then they'll go back to, "I'm just so sorry." And I'm like, and then apparently some of these people end up together at the end, like married and stuff, and some reunion show, and I'm like, "Oh no, oh no, no, no!" But yeah, it's very entertaining. I swore this off 
when I saw the preview, I was like, this is too dumb. This is just too dumb. But here I am. I got sucked in like the rest you of you. are watching it, man. Yeah. Like a who's, who's the dumbest person in St. Louis now? Me. That's me. That's <laughs> <laughs> me. It was always you, Ian. Who are we kidding? That's fun. That's, that's, I love television. It's so great. They'll come up with anything. They'll put anything on there. Television will be great once it's done. <laughs> that's right. Uh, is that it? Are we done? That's it. All right, folks, we're done. Uh, we may uh, get back together. I'll be in town. I'll be in St. Louis this weekend, so we might do a, a shorter live thing, or maybe we'll a live, just hang out. A live show. You people. Who knows? Yeah, you don't get to hear all my thoughts on everything. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Maybe we just talk and there's no microphone. That would be very strange. <laughs> yeah, we always we always record all of our conversations. Due to the fact that Steven's really into fraud, I have to make sure that all of our conversations are recorded. <laughs> That's right. That is right. Uh, so um, I got nothing. That's it. <laughs> We're done here. I was trying to think of something witty to say about Theranos and um, they don't suck blood. They just suck. Uh, I'll talk to you later, everybody. Good night. I'll see you in court. <laughs>